Keep it going. Let's keep it. Today I want to talk about martial arts, specifically how the first martial arts place I went to closed down. And one of the reasons I started this podcast was not only to talk about ideas I had and just kind of like share my general ramblings on things, but also to kind of like share cool stories that I've experienced and maybe A, this is just the process, or B, because it's something that I want to be preserved, if that makes sense. Like, make sure it, its memory doesn't die, or just like have it documented somewhere. The, the, the former is what I'll be doing with this one, I think, just making sure that this experience kind of like stays consistent because it was impactful for me. Anyway, let's jump into it. So, this is the first martial arts place I went to. It was called Hoy's Martial Arts. It was this conglomerate martial arts place that was taught in the suburbs of Cleveland. And by conglomerate martial arts place, uh, I mean it taught multiple martial arts in one. So if you're in the in the fighting world or too familiar with martial arts places, typically if you're going to a, a dojo or a typical place, you're going to be learning one martial art there. They, they, they specialize in it. So think karate, think jujitsu, um, think boxing. Typically it's just one place. But sometimes uh, it'll be a conglomeration there. So I know MMA is a big one up here. Uh, they'll teach MMA classes, jujitsu classes, and then Muay Thai classes. This was a unique case because the martial arts taught at this school was uh, Jeet Kune Do, Silat, and then Kali. So if you're not in, in the fighting world, you probably don't know what these three means, and you probably just thought I sneezed differently three different times. But I'll break those down real quickly for you guys. So Jeet Kune Do, uh, it's a Cantonese saying, which translates to way of being something fist. Uh, that was Bruce Lee's martial art. It's this really cool martial art because it's martial art because it has a curriculum of like different attacks and fighting style, but it's also a philosophy. Sadly, Bruce Lee passed away before he was able to really differentiate the two too, too, too much and kind of bridge gaps in important points. But we have a lot of writing on his that does a decent job of this already. Uh, it's also really cool because it's this hybrid art, right? Because it was started when he was in Hong Kong, but more further developed and, and written on when he was in America and the States with his movies and such. So there's really cool cross-cultural martial art. And it's really cool to see classical Chinese elements like Wing Chun and uh, Kung Fu be, be combined with like boxing elements and such. So, side tangent aside, I'll probably talk about that more, but Chikuno is pretty cool. But it was also Silat, which is uh, an Indonesian martial art. Uh, I don't know too, too much about Silat, sadly, because we didn't really go too much in depth with it. But I know it involved some pretty dope knife stuff. A lot of takedowns were from uh, Silat, and we did these weird Juru type of thing. Juru is the Indonesian martial arts version of a kata. Uh, kata is a thing in um, karate and also just other practitioner martial art things where you mimic something that you do at the battlefield. So like kata for uh, Jeff, uh, karate 
is you're doing like strikes in the air. Kata in combat setting would be like doing drills with a spear. If you're like a spearman. That was a drill. And then the last martial art that was in the school was Kali, which was one of the main ones. So it was mainly Jeet Kundo and then Kali and then a little sprinkle of Silat. So Kali is Filipino martial art. Kali in itself is weird because it's called Kali. It's called FMA, Filipino martial art. It's also called Philippine martial art. I don't know, it's weird, but Philip, I mean, <clears throat> Kali is focused on takedowns, weapon-based fighting like sticks, knives. We have these these bamboo things called the rattans that were used. Anyway, it was a super cool martial art. And back to the original point I was saying, all three of these were taught in tandem at Hoys. So it was a cool diverse education there. Uh, Appearance-wise, it's pretty small. It was a small place. Uh, upkeep was well. You can tell that Sifu was very proud of his establishment and the work he was doing. But it was a little too small for the ambitions he had. If that makes sense. The class was structured. There was a woman's self-defense group that was contracted out by some woman who was a friend of Sifu's family. There's a kids class, and then there's an adults class. So, obviously, me being a grown-ass man, I was involved in the kids class. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, I was involved in the adults class. Not the kids class. But the adults class was small. Five people. Well, no, actually, it was about three people on average. Nine people on a good day. And on the worst days, it would be really just myself and the instructor which is cool because I got some like private lessons in the meantime but it was also like why is no one else here so I eventually learned that the place used to thrive so uh, in the classes that I was going to when it was still open uh, a lot of older folk would come in and these were people who were back in like the quote unquote good old days of this school of boys when things were a little a bit more fast-paced, more harder contact, when they used to spar a bit more. And it was fascinating to see the difference between the newer school and, and the new people that came in and the old crowd. You could always tell when the old crowd came in because they would come in and uh, seafood would immediately recognize them. They would shake hands, uh, talk shop, Talk about the good old days, and you just jump right in. No instructions needed, or you do the salute and everything. It was really cool to see them all gel together. Uh, and I kind of want to touch on that next, right? The difference between the old and the and the new school. So, the old, from what I could surmise from their conversations and what my uncle was saying, was a lot more, more harder and more strengthened that makes sense of the newer style of teaching so older there was more sparring there was more contact as i was mentioning before and it just seemed like more was taught like the, like the curriculum was just 
was just more robust. In, in the new stuff that uh, I was in and the people who were in the same class as me, we felt like I was learning the same thing every three months. Like, it was just repeat. Which, I, you know, I didn't mind at first because it was, like I said, the first martial I ever did. So I really enjoyed learning and having that repetition be brought on. But I start to I, I started to see the cracks the more I I continued going onward, and I started seeing the same lessons you know, repeat, repeat, repeat. And I was wondering like, why? Right, what's next? What's new? This is the same old, same old. So yeah, there was that. Um, but I really did enjoy it. I think especially because, if I can be honest, it's because of how much of a family aspect it was. So, in the new section of the group, it wasn't just my uncle who was involved in the class that was founded for me. My cousin was involved with it, and as well as my brother, too. So, we had, like, four of my family members in there, and one of the class was just eight people. That was half, and oftentimes it was a majority of my family members, and the minority was, like, other people and then Sifu. So... I especially loved going to martial arts class because it was, it was an excuse to catch up with my family. And I was able to see them, like, two times a week. Which was great, because I used to be able to only see them, well, brother I live with, but uncle and cousin, I only saw them on holidays. So it was this beautiful new example where I could, like, just see my family more. And it was so cool not only to, like, learn the art, but, like, just talk to them. And just hang out. And just chill. So, I've been alluding to it for the past, like, ten minutes. I alluded, I mentioned it once in the beginning, and it's the title of the episode. But, eventually, the place did close down. Which, personally, sucks. Because I have so much history there. And so many fond memories. And, I think what really hurts is because, uh, my brother, I unconditionally love but I'm that type of, of brother where I won't show it publicly. I have this weird thing where I don't want to like show public displays of affection like ever. Right? It's, you know, maybe it's a personal problem. But it's also like how I cope with things, if that makes sense. It's just how I well, that's how I am. And it's it's worked well for me. And well, you know, it works well, but I have to, like, preface it. Like, I'll tell the person, hey, I do appreciate you, I do love you. But I'll just, I won't show it off, and I'll usually, like, joke around you. My joke is a way of saying, like, I care for you, if that makes sense. But anyway, I do love my brother unconditionally, and he is a little different, if that makes sense. And growing up with him, it was... Some people would just treat him differently because he was different, right? But not at this school. The the Sifu, when my brother would be different, he didn't view that as different. He would just roll along with the punches. He wouldn't draw attention to it. And if it was goofy, he would laugh at him for it. And they, we would all laugh together with him. So, me being a brother of someone like my brother... Whenever someone treats him with, like, respect and care, I will die for you, right? <laughs> It's this weird thing of, oh, you treat him well? 
I will fight your battles. I will, if you look at someone and they look at you weirdly, boom, right hook, clean across the, clean across the chin, right? So this makes it especially harder now that the, the place closed down because of the kindness that Sifu Hoi showed not only me, my brother, and hell, my entire family, right? Because so much of them encountered this school. So, yeah, it really sucks. And it's a, it's a sad story of how it closed down, too. I was planning on leaving eventually, mainly to what I alluded to before, of how it was the same three months being taught over and over and over. It felt like I was stuck in a loop. And not just me, but the whole school included. My brother and cousin, we've talked about this on links, too, of how it just seemed like so much more stuff happened with the old school people so much more life was being brought into the into the into the school and just the vibe and energy was just so much higher the old folk would, would talk about the glory days which sounded drastically different than it was i was currently being taught and i guess i kind of got envious of that and there were some other places that were around the same price that i was paying here that would be more intense than sparring that it was just it was just a natural progression in my in my how do I say this it was a natural progression in my learning and you know eventual growing into being someone who was in martial arts and in in fighting and in, in exhibition fighting it was natural it was a natural it was a natural progression it was a natural progression and when I told them that I was uh, that I was planning on leaving they understood that I never did end up leaving because I was going in between jobs and, and moving cities to where I am now in you know, Chicago. But I stayed with them until COVID hit. The place wasn't doing good financially as is uh, with some stuff that Sifu was going through. Being the, the sole owner and staffer of the place, his income was what determined the livelihood and, and you know life of the of the school and he had some personal problems he was going through some personal battles he was fighting and then COVID hit and the stay-at-home order happened and with that came a, a lockdown of sorts on gym recreation stuff which trust and believe I completely was for right it's much more important to value and, and you know protect lives and be reactive of a pandemic as opposed to personal livelihood and stuff. But it's also, it sucks, right? It's fucking awful, which is, I think, another reason why I wanted to express this and this podcast and just put this out somewhere. It's just process these thoughts of, I hate this, right? Because it was because of the lockdown and the lack of income that he had had sadly bankrupt the the establishment and eventually sell it. Before I left for Chicago, I made sure to drive Toys Martial Arts one last time, just so I could see it with my own eyes, right? And then I saw the for sale sign on the on the school, and that kind of hurt. That kind of hurt. 
so many days I would spend um, just staying late talking to Sifu. He was a quite, quite radical in his views. But he was always jovial with them and joking like a new theoretical. radical. But he still had them. He was like too old to change them. And it was super funny. But it was, it was cool just to talk shop with him. He was generally a great person too. Staying late with my cousin, staying late with my brother, sparring with my cousin under the supervision of one of the old guys, and really developing my love for, for martial arts, for fighting, and just realizing how much of an important fact that is in my life because of you know how big of a stress relief it is, how I how I go, I do martial arts, I, I do a I do a spar, hit the bag. And then I just feel my head feels lighter, and I feel like I can I can process the day more. It gives me confidence, you know that type of thing. It's really it fucking sucks to see the the establishment that that sparked that that helped me throughout those years that was so kind to me and my family be shut down through not through through an unknown an unknown thing, right? through an unknown variable that was thrown into the midst. The personal things I know he was going through and, and he was rebounding from them. He was coming back. And then just COVID chopped it down. So, you know, this is where I would give like a on the bright side type of thing and like a a, a, a bright side we don't have I don't have one I think what I do have is like I can touch on COVID and how I understand I understand it I support it but I also hate it right I hate the the restrictions and and the closure of business that it's caused but completely understand why and the justification is sound but I still hate it regardless <laughs> And I just kind of want to document it. If it never comes back, Poison Martial Arts, I just want to have a place where I can go. Yeah, I gave it. I gave it some life. Right, that old England sax, though. England. Oh God, what if Beowulf was Anglo-Saxon? Yeah. What if that England Saxon view is of how, you know, you're only dead when your story is finally no longer told. That type of thing. Just keeping, keeping the. Stoking the flame a bit. Always martial art. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to Ibuko. It's been Kiba. Hope you have a good one.